At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi. This is Play Me a Recipe. I'm Jesse Sepchak. I'm a food stylist and cookbook author. And today we're going to be making my Salted Speculoos Millionaire's Shortbread Cookies together. The recipe is linked in the show notes if you need to refer to it. But otherwise, we'll be doing everything together. We'll make each layer of the shortbread, the caramel, and the chocolate topping together. So you can feel free to pause or jump back if you need a little more time for any of the steps. So let's get started. So this recipe is loosely based on a millinery shortbread in my cookbook, which uses peanut butter and chopped peanuts. But this version, I was trying to think of a festive kind of holiday feeling version of millinery shortbread. And I wanted it to be warm spiced. I didn't want it to be peppermint or anything like that. So I thought of speculous cookie butter, which has all those warm spices that kind of like buttery nuttiness. So I incorporated it into both the caramel layer and the ganache layer. And fair warning, the recipe does have three separate components to it. And there's several steps. There's multiple cooling times, but none of the steps are actually hard. So you can totally listen to this and split it up into multiple days. You know, make the base one day, then finish it the next day. So it's not too hard, just takes a bit of time. So to make this recipe, you're gonna need a square baking pan of some sort. Um, eight by eight is ideal. I'm using a metal one here, and you're gonna line that with parchment paper and spray it with just a little bit of oil, or you can also butter it. And so for the shortbread base, so there's three components, like I said. So I like to split these ingredients into three separate piles if I'm prepping them in advance, just to keep them you know, organized. So for the shortbread base, you need one and two third cups, which is like 214 grams all-purpose flour. You need one third cup, which is 67 grams granulated sugar. You'll need half a teaspoon kosher salt. You need one and a half sticks or 170 grams unsalted butter. And I went ahead and melted that in the microwave maybe 10 minutes ago. So it's warm, but it's not hot. And you'll need one large egg yolk and one teaspoon of vanilla extract. So you might notice this is a bit unusual of a shortbread recipe or the components, but we'll talk about it in a bit. And then for your second pile of ingredients for the caramel, this is the salted speculose caramel. You're gonna need three fourths cup, which is 175 grams packed light brown sugar. You'll need half a stick, 57 grams unsalted butter. You'll need one fourth cup light corn syrup. You'll need one can, the 14 ounce size can, so 440 milliliters, sweetened condensed milk. You'll need one third cup, 90 grams of the cookie butter, and you'll need one teaspoon vanilla extract and one teaspoon kosher salt. And then in your third pile of ingredients, 
This is for the chocolate topping. It's kind of like a ganache. You'll need half a cup, which is three ounces, about three ounces, or 85 grams semi-sweet or bittersweet chocolate chips, whatever one you have on hand. You'll need half a cup, about three ounces, 85 grams again, white chocolate chips. And for both of these, you can also use chopped bars if you have them, doesn't matter. You'll need four tablespoons or 59 milliliters whole milk and split that in half. So there's two tablespoons, two tablespoons. You'll see later. And then two tablespoons of speculous cookie butter, which is 36 grams. And again, split that in half. And for the finishing topping, the salted component, if you want, just have some flaky sea salt around, but it's not necessary, just fun. Okay, so let's get started. So the first thing we're going to tackle is the base layer of these bars, which is the shortbread. So in a large bowl, we're going to combine all of the dry ingredients for the shortbread base. So in a bowl, I'm adding the one and two thirds cup flour. I am adding the one third cup granulated sugar. I am adding the half teaspoon kosher salt, and I'm just going to mix that together so it gets started. So the sugar is just evenly incorporated. Okay, great. Next, we're gonna add everything else to this. So we're gonna add the one and a half sticks of melted and slightly cooled butter. All right, we're going to add the egg yolk and we're going to add the one teaspoon vanilla extract. I should also note that I preheated the oven to 325, maybe 10 minutes ago. So that's going. So in this bowl, everything's combined. Gonna mix this up. And I make sure to kind of puncture the egg yolk so it's evenly distributed. And mix this just until it comes together. And if you've ever made shortbread, you might be kind of worried at this point because it doesn't look like shortbread dough. But that's because my approach here is kind of a half shortbread, half tart dough. Because when you make a strictly shortbread base without any altercations whatsoever, I find that when you go to cut the bars, they crumble. Uh, like they have a really great texture, but the base layer crumbles, makes it really hard to work with. So this one, you know, the egg yolk and the melted butter kind of combat that. So I'm gonna grab my eight by eight pan that is lined with parchment and sprayed. And this is gonna help a lot in the end. So we can just lift the bars up. And I'm gonna use my hands actually. I'm gonna take this dough I'm gonna kind of like break it up and scatter it into the pan. So it's starting out on an even foot. The dough will be really soft. It will be, I'm trying to think the best way to describe it. So transfer that into pan. And then just use your hands to even it out as much as possible. You want one consistent layer across the whole bottom of the pan. Doesn't need to be perfect, but be as even as you can get it. And once that is in there, just take a fork and poke a bunch of holes to this. So this is called docking. And what it does is it prevents the cookie base from puffing up too much. So there's no like large air bubbles or anything like that, which is especially good for bars because once you cut into them, you'll see each distinct layer. So make sure to do this. Cool. And then this is good to go. 
So we're baking this again at 325. My oven's preheated. And again, 325 is a bit lower than most shortbread cookies are baked at. Um, this is because it's like a big mass of shortbread. So you don't want the outside to be overcooked and the inside to be not cooked enough. So this helps cook it evenly. And before we take a break here, I want to also say that as soon as it's done baking, so you'll know when it's like evenly browned and it feels firm to the touch. So 33 to 38 minutes, you're gonna want to take something flat, say a spatula or a measuring cup at the bottom of it and push it down when it's still hot, fresh from the oven. This is gonna compact the cookie and once again, like make sure that they are, can cut without crumbling, um, actually makes a big difference. So again, we're gonna pop these in the oven for 33, 38 minutes, immediately press down on them and then we will be back to tackle the center, which is the caramel. I have a small pot, uh, like a medium pot, and we're gonna put everything for the caramel in them. So just cause there's a lot going on, it is three fourths cupped pack light brown sugar. So put that in there. I don't suggest using dark just because it will make kind of knowing when the caramel is done a bit more challenging. And then half a stick, so 57 gram unsalted butter in the pot. Then also one fourth cup, so 59 milliliters, light corn syrup. So I put this into a small bowl to measure it. And I sprayed the bowl with a bit of oil just to help get it out. And then we are doing a whole can, a 14 ounce can, so 414 milliliters of sweetened condensed milk right in there. And then the start of the caramel, we have the cookie butter, one third cup, which is roughly 90 grams. Put that in there. And then of course, got a bit of vanilla extract, one teaspoon. And the salted, we have a whole teaspoon of kosher salt. So definitely not shy though. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna put this over medium low heat. So you don't want to crank this heat. You wanna be pretty gentle with it. So don't do high heat or anything. And you wanna mix this up in the beginning until it's for the most part combined. It won't be smooth at first, but don't worry about that. But just make sure there's no big lumps of sugar or anything unincorporated, especially with the speculoos. You'll make sure that's evenly distributed throughout. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna cook this and stir it often because the bottom does have a tendency to burn until it's 240 degrees. And the 240 degrees is the perfect temperature for all the sugar in there to set. So when you pour it over the million or shortbread bars, it's gonna set, it's gonna harden just enough, but it's not gonna be too hard. So for this, I really do suggest you invest in a candy thermometer. I'm actually using a like electronic, like battery operated probe thermometer that goes high enough so that totally works too if you have one of those around. And I'm just stirring it. And because this has the speculoos and the brown sugar in it, the color difference as you cook it won't be as dramatic as say like a traditional caramel. Like you won't go through the stages of the sugar melting, darkening, then you adding, you know, like cream or butter and it does that dramatic sizzle. This is kind of like, a cheater's caramel, if you will. 
this being condensed milk, kind of makes sure that the caramel is chewy and it doesn't crystallize or anything. Because if we're trying to do a traditional caramel and adding speculose to it somehow, I think that'd be really difficult. At least just to be safe. I should also mention that for the speculose portion of these bars, so you can find it in most grocery stores now, and it would just be labeled as cookie butter. But essentially all cookie butters are made, they're speculose, which is like a spiced cookie. If you've ever been on like an international flight or a longer one, and they have um, a beverage service, and they ask if you want a cookie, and it's this kind of understated brown cookies that are crunchy and like lightly spiced, that is speculose. So the cookie butter essentially is taking those cookies and then pureeing them or grinding them or whatever the term is, and buttering them um, with some sort of fat, so like an oil or whatever, until it's smooth and spreadable like peanut butter, and that's how you get cookie butter. So I know Trader Joe's has it for sure. Um, you can also order it online. That's actually what I did for this. So as this is cooking, I'm actually gonna go check my shortbread. So my shortbread is slightly warm, not hot. So it is gonna be the perfect temperature once this caramel is done cooking. So you kind of hear around the sides of the caramel, it's starting to sizzle, which is why it's so important also to keep stirring it. It's unlike a normal caramel that, you know, like the less you stir it, the smoother it will ultimately be. You know, stirring it can risk crystallization or getting clumpy or whatever. This caramel is not like that. You can really stir it and it's no big deal. So it's looking smooth and the bubbles are getting bigger. So I'm taking out my thermometer. I'm gonna give it a check actually. All right, so I like to kind of tip my pan. So the caramel's all on one side when I take the temperature. And right now we are at mm, just over 190. So I'm gonna keep cooking. And a pro tip, I always do this, is I have like a scrunched up piece of parchment paper next to the caramel. And I keep my spoon and I keep my thermometer there so there's not like hardened sugar or caramel drips everywhere. So I don't know if you can hear it, but the bubble is getting more intense now, especially around the sides. So I definitely don't want to leave this unattended at this point. It's completely smooth now. It's kind of like a light tan color. And it smells very buttery. I'd say that's like the predominant scent right now. So I'm gonna check this again. Once again, I'm gonna tip my pan a little bit and go in there with the thermometer. You can also fit a candy thermometer if you have a proper one right on the side, so you don't have to deal with this. But since I'm using a probe thermometer, this is my best bet now. So we are actually at like 220, so not too far off. I'm gonna take the thermometer out and I just went back to stirring this. And at this point, if the caramel is, you know, you're getting worried that it's cooking too fast or that it might burn, you can feel free to turn the heat down. I just reduced mine ever so slightly, just to be safe. And the caramel now is taking on this almost like tacky-like quality. Like when you run your spatula through it, it's thicker, 
has some resistance. And I'm going to check the temperature once again, just because these last stages, it can happen really quickly. So I tip my pan. I kind of like drag my thermometer through it too to help kind of get a more accurate reading. We are just under 200 in 40. So I'll give it a few more minutes. We're about 235. So I'm stirring pretty dramatically now because this is the point where the caramel can risk burning, especially at this high temperature. Give it maybe about 10 more seconds and I'll check the temperature. All right, spatula out, come back in. It's a climbing, it says 232, 233. All right, so it's 236. Almost there, but not quite. And for this step, it's probably the most precious step of the recipe. So you actually do wanna cook it until you reach 240. You gotta just be patient. Cause essentially this is candy making, so it's a whole different ball game here. Keep stirring and I'll check in maybe in 10 more seconds. But you can feel it's almost ready cause the caramel is getting much thicker. All right, it's at 240. So I immediately turn off the heat. I'm taking it off and I have my pan ready. And you want to move quickly at this point. I am going to pour it right over the base. I usually give it a few quick stirs just so it settles down so it's not like bubbling when you add it to the shortbread base. So it's calmed down. I'm going to pour it right on top. And I'm going to smooth it just so the caramel gets into every edge. And then I kind of give it a little a little shake, maybe a few taps too. Well, I'm gonna let it sit maybe for about 10 minutes so it's not scalding hot. Then I'm gonna transfer it into the fridge. Um, if it's still hot, you can put it on a towel or something for one hour. So one hour is gonna be long enough for the caramel to set so it's chewy and firm, but not hard. Um, so I will see you in one hour. It's a great time to take a break and clean up and then in one hour, we're gonna make the top and that's the finishing part. So I will see you in one hour. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. Hi, and welcome back to Play Me a Recipe. This is Jesse Sefchak, and today we are making my salted speculoos millionaire shortbread. So right before this break, we poured the caramel on, we made the caramel layer, and I popped that into the fridge, and it's been one hour. So when I touch the top, it's not hard, 
slightly soft, but it's firm enough that we'll be able to pour chocolate on top and it won't mix with it. It'll be easy. So that leads us to the chocolate. So the last layer of the bars, the easiest and maybe the most fun, it is the ganache. So for most milliner shortbread bars, you just do a dark chocolate ganache, pour it over, and that's it. But for this one, we are doing a speculose ganache. So we're adding the cookie butter to the ganache. And we're also doing two different ganaches. So we are doing um, one that has dark chocolate or a bittersweet or summer sweet, whatever you want, and one that has white chocolate. So I have two bowls. I have the dark chocolate in one, the white chocolate in the other. And then in those bowls, I've split up the milk in half and I've split the cookie butter in half. So in one bowl, I have one, I have half cup, summer sweet or bittersweet chocolate chips. Other one, I have half cup white chocolate chips. And then since it's four tablespoons total, I have two tablespoons of milk in each bowl. And since it's two tablespoons total of cookie butter, I have one tablespoon of each in each bowl. Um, hopefully it's not too complicated. Okay, so then I'm gonna take each bowl and I'm gonna melt it in the microwave. So I'm gonna start with dark chocolate. You're gonna wanna do about 30 seconds per bowl just until it's melted. Since it's chocolate, you do have to be somewhat careful. So the 15 second mark, I'm gonna check on this. Just stir it around a little bit. I'm gonna pop it in for the remaining 15 seconds. You don't want to just blast this all at once, 30 seconds without at least stopping halfway point. Uh, it's better to do every 10 seconds, but I'm being risky today. All right, I'm gonna check that this is completely melted and it is. And I'm just gonna stir it until it's essentially emulsified into a completely smooth ganache. Since there is so much fat in the cookie butter, we're using milk in this ganache instead of cream. So that way it still stays really shiny and nice. So this looks great. It's kind of like, almost like a fudge texture, a fudge consistency. And that looks great to me. So we're gonna do the same exact thing with white chocolates. Popping it in the microwave and we'll do 15 seconds. Check on it. And then another 15, give it a stir. This one's pretty cool because since it's speculose, it's not just a white chocolate ganache. It's not like white or cream in color. It's actually like a nice kind of like tan brown color. All right, so it looks great. So I also have a cup. And in the cup, I have a piping bag um, propped into it. If you don't have piping bags, you can use the zip top bag and just put it in there. And so this is because we're gonna pipe the speculose ganache on top of the dark ganache. So I'm pouring speculose ganache into the bag so that it's ready to go. And then the dark chocolate ganache, I'm gonna spoon this somewhat evenly on top of the bars. Just make a few piles. And I, I'm smoothing out the ganache as I put it on. This just makes it easier versus if you're trying to say like pour the whole ganache right on top of the caramel, you'll just have more work to do spreading it out more. So this kind of gives you a head start. So I got the dark chocolate ganache, smooth it on top of that caramel. You can just like take your time at this point. So the chocolate is on top of the bars. And so 
I give it a few smacks, the pan, just for the chocolate to kind of like settle. So fair warning. Cool. And then I'm going to take this speculose. So that's the piping value here. And I'm kind of twisting the top to make it tight for piping. And then I have a paring knife. And I'm gonna cut just a small little opening that you can pipe it. And if you're using a piping bag, it's the same exact thing. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna make even parallel lines, maybe quarter inch apart on top. And it doesn't need to be perfect. Just going one way on the bar. So it's just a series of lines. And if the lines aren't perfect, that's totally fine. And if you don't use all of the speculose ganache, that's also fine. And then immediately I have a toothpick. And I'm dragging through the lines, vertical, and then through the lines, down. You're creating basically like a chevron pattern. And then once again, I, I kind of like to give it a smack just to smooth it out. And this looks great. So I'm gonna pop this once again into the fridge for four hours. And after four hours, it's finally done. We can put some salt on top, cut it, no more to do, but just one more step. So I'm popping it in the fridge. I'll see you in four hours. I'm gonna go do some other stuff and we can finally try them. They're completely chilled now. It's been four hours. You can do it overnight too. And I just took them out. So what you can do is grab the parchment paper that you lined it with and just pull it right out. So that's why the parchment is so great here. So at this point, if you want, you can sprinkle the top with a little bit of flaky sea salt. You don't have to do that, but I like it. And then you're gonna cut this into a three by eight grid to make 24 bars. So instead of squares, they're like nice little rectangles. You can also cut away the sides if you want super clean slices, but at this point, I think it's fine. So I'm just gonna cut the edge off because I'm gonna save these and eat them later. All right. And then I'm just gonna cut myself a small taste. And so like looking at these bars, the shortbread didn't crumble at all and it has really clean cuts. And that's thanks to that kind of like interesting technique we use to make the shortbread way. Press it down, use the butter, use the egg yolk. And yeah, they look really great. I'm tasting a little bit. Yep, they're nice. They're like chewy, but tender cookie bottom. Got a really pretty design. I'm very happy with these. So I'll pop these back in the fridge. I recommend you can either keep them in the fridge for like a firmer texture, or you can keep them at room temperature. The still hold their shape, everything's fine. Totally up to you. I like the kind of firmer texture as well. Put them in the fridge. And yeah, I hope yours turned out just as nice. And thank you so much for making me today. Um, let me know how they were. And then also, again, you can find the recipe for these bars in the show notes and on food52.com. So thanks so much for joining me and happy baking.